Good day, good evening, good to have your company today for another episode of the Jay and Rob Toy Show. Joining me today in the Jay and Rob Toy Show studio is our good friend, Mr. Jay Bartlett. Hello. Where Where is everybody in the chat? Anyone? Oh, they're, they're, they'll, they'll be here. Thanks for joining us for episode 09623 or whatever episode this is this time on the show that talks about all things toys, action figures, and pop culture. What do you think about that? I like how we talk about everything toys and pop culture. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a lot to talk about. This I'm, week, uh, there's a ton of stuff. But I'm, yeah. I'm slightly, slightly paying homage and yet poking fun at our good friends at toy power podcast as that's how they start all their episodes as well mm. those are good guys and i've been binging the last couple shows um and as we wind down our 2021 uh their show has definitely been a staple on on my rotation to get me through the, these past 12 months especially with all the adversity that they face so uh shout out to uh trent ben uh, Frank and of course uh, the late Darren for everything that you've given us in 2021. This is a exciting episode for us, my friend. This brings us to another year close. How how did that happen? How do we close yet another year and we're still talking about dollies and our shelfies and and everything in between? Uh, I don't know. Um, the year seemed to fly by. And then miraculously, this last month, it seemed to be three years long. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't even know what the date is anymore, man. But um, uh, yeah, the last 10 days, man, I don't know what's been going on. It's like we've been caught in a time warp ever since like uh, the, a few days before Christmas. And now here we are. It's just like, what is going on? Here we go. Here we go again. Um, yeah. yeah. It's been a really great year, man. I'm, I'm very proud of what we've put out there. Uh, both together and separate. Um, it's been a, a good year, a lot of lessons learned, um, and just a lot of good times to be had. I loved shooting season two of Action Figure Adventure. That was one of the highlights, definitely. I've never been out east, and uh, that was quite a trip. Uh, what's up, Lise? Oh, here we are. She's she's watching. Faithful intro comment, as always. What happened to commenting on stuff and just saying first? You remember when that was a thing? First, how come we don't do that anymore? Well, I because I think you have to have an audience of like a thousand people, so it really kind of meant something. Hey, you know <laughs> what? Right, right now we've got five. I'll take yeah. it. I'll take it. <laughs> you know, but you know, Wednesdays is always a tough day. We moved it from when we did it, I think Monday last year. Uh, Nelson is joining us as well. Uh, and of course, we are on the big holiday week where everybody's got to do everything right now. Like we were talking in this in the green room, you know, everybody's just got to do it this time of year. You can see anybody any other time. You can make all your holiday plans, but it only counts if it's these few days. Uh, you and I have never been a fan of these uh, event timed kind of thing. Like whether it's like a TV show, like you can't miss it because it's Tuesday at eight. Or, you know, you got to be here this weekend because, heaven forbid, it's the weekend. That's when you got to have fun. It's a Saturday. Heaven forbid you have yeah. fun on a Wednesday. Um, I don't know. I just, yeah, I mean, I don't like the idea that you have to spend time with your friends and family on a certain day, like, you know, being Christmas. I mean, I think we need to really take a look at the whole picture and kind of schedule days that aren't necessarily Christmas. You know, you get together in a... 
you know, a random Tuesday in June just because you, you can, you know, kind of thing. But uh, I like that I better. The, the holiday pressure, man, not good. A lot of people are really excited this time of year, of course, because it is the only time that everybody makes time for family, which is awesome. And that is cool. But, you know, that's a lot of pressure for other people that maybe have had a tough year that maybe can't uh join the festivities for one reason or another and then they suddenly feel left out because oh if you don't do it now you're gonna miss out you're gonna miss out and that's what we talk about all the time when it comes to buying figures if you don't buy that dolly now that shelf's gonna be empty forever if you miss it you'll never have the best shelfie so i think you gotta let all that bullshit go if anybody out there is watching if anybody out there is feeling the holiday pressure to to try to keep up with everything let it go You'll you'll catch up when it's right, and it'll feel better because you're not playing along with the catch up game with everybody else. Uh, it's not worth that stress. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. Hundred percent. Yeah. Good point. Give a shout out to uh, Cindy who's checked in. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, sorry to hear that Tater is not here. Whatever. We'll see if he shows up later. And Canadian Blu-ray 4K. Hi guys, how you doing? Uh, Jay, you are the Moss Man to my stinker this week, of course. I'm wondering, as our icebreaker brought to you by Mockmasters Retro Regs, Heroes Comics and Cards, and Big Bad Toy Store, our awesome, amazing sponsors that let us do everything that we do, and of course, our Patreon backers who keep this a free and amazing podcast. I'm wondering, with the bet over, have you gone crazy and acquired any more figures? Have you bought or got anything good? Christmas has passed, so maybe there's something new. Well, I mean, the monstrosity to my right is um, a testament of that. Um, that's for action figure spotlight. Obviously, it's way too big to kind of just bring it to frame. So I thought I would set it there. Um, I've bought a few Marvel Legends uh, along with your Christmas gift. I got a couple for myself. Um, but besides this, and this really didn't cost me anything because I actually went down into the basement of my house and I dug out a ton of Star Wars stuff that was bought when uh, The Force Awakens came out, when it was kind of like, you know, Captain Phasma came out. So I bought everything, right? It was the 12-inch, the 8-inch, the 6-inch, the Disney diecast exclusive, all that stuff that's not three-quarters of Black Series. I took it all, and I took it to our, our good pals at uh, Heroes, and uh Boom. Look, look what I got. And you can only find cool stuff like this at Heroes, the best comic book store on the planet. Uh, this is, of course, the Palatoid Death Star, which was the UK release of the Death Star, which is completely different than the one we got and uh, quite a bit better. Uh, you, you guys like you and I will like this better because there's much more to the imagination with this one. Yeah, maybe so. we'll do a little compare and contrast later on during Action Figure Spotlight. You can highlight some of the things that you, in particular like about this one compared to the North American release of the Death Star. I got a few things in the mail as well. This isn't really a spotlight, but it, it, it brings up an important thing that we've talked about as of late. I got uh, the Action Force figures from Valiverse, which of course oh, are, are military-like uh, you know, G.I. Joe figures almost. Before Classified was announced, these guys went up on Kickstarter. So they're Steel Brigade, of course. And on the back, you can see uh, Sergeant Slaughter, Karak, the Bone Collector, Swarm Trooper, and Condor. I also have the Bone Collector, 
you can see here. You check out that ah, cool. That's almost cool. looks like crossbones from Marvel Legends, and then Condor, which is kind of like the Duke of them all. Now, that's what I got in the mail. But what I want to really highlight, Jay, is this important user information. And you see those two symbols there, my friend. Look at yes. that preferred method. So when you are handling, they are now including this sheet. Obviously, oh, to lo that, loosen the plastic joints. Yeah. So yeah, we talk yeah. about this Smart. a lot with, with yeah. NECA. And while it is still a massive pet peeve of mine that I have to heat these up with either warm water or a hair dryer in order to pose them, at least, uh, at least for the Kickstarter backers, they sent this sheet to let people know to hopefully avoid some breakage and some replacement and stuff like that. So I do appreciate this kind of surfacing a heads up, if you will. So that is cool. So I like oh, that. Oh, de definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's just something in the neck of plastics. Every company has their own kind of plastic, and any toy collector knows that each figure has its own kind of feel. Uh, the NECA stuff, I just I can't like I can't stand the plastic. The Back to the Future toys, I think, yeah. are the, the way they look are incredible. The way they feel are horrible. That like uh, you know the new waves coming out with 2015 doc and I'm done with that like yeah I just uh, they're so cheap cheaply put together it's a shame well, I yeah, mean, it's a real shame we'll get into our action figure resolutions and what we had thought we were going to do last year at this time we can kind of recap and revisit and see what we did but with that kind of plastic and those kind of issues it almost forces you to keep those things in the package which for the most part they look great in their blister but you kind of want to touch it you kind of want to put them together on a shelf you might want to do a little diorama rama rama maybe that's what you want to do but you can't really do that with that unless you've got your hair dryer out and then you better you know put it under the heat pose it and run to the shelf because if you get to the shelf and it cools off and you got to make an adjustment snap it's not gonna work so yeah that's not good uh, that's a pretty good pickup you got there. I'm excited to hear about some of the other details on your Palatoy Death Star. I'm in the middle of shooting a video right now for YouTube. It should be out in the new year on this guy. Um, it's been a real joy. It's great, right? Because it smells like an old comic book because it is that heavier card stock. Uh, so it has that old book smell. It's really cool, man. Like a true antique. It's awesome, man. I love that uh, people talk about that new toy smell, but there's something to that vintage toy smell as yeah. well that uh, that gets lost. There's about a 20-year buffer between that new toy smell and a truly vintage offering, especially from like the smoke-free home or a store that has just been surrounded in paper product and newsprint. It just It's the yeah. smell of pop culture, right? That's what it truly is, I think. Um, I want to thank everybody for watching episode eight on Jinx Sports TV tonight in Canada, where we talked about a variety of topics. We talked about play features, reaction figures, cartoon likeness, and our good friend, Mr. Motu Joe from the Michigan area showcased a ton of collectibles this evening that weren't related to Masters of the Universe. Surprise, surprise, folks. <coughs> Collectors collect outside their own defined box, even if your name is Motu Joe. For a while, uh, Jay Bartlett, the video game rock star, a.k.a. Stadium Jay, did play other video games than stadium events, if you can imagine. A.k.a. Palatoy Jay, yeah. Palatoy Jay, the for, yeah. foreign release hero Jay is what we're going to call him. I can't have the North American one. Nope, not good enough for me. We're, we're, <laughs> we're going to call him UK Jay. That's what, that's what we're going with now. Uh, we could talk some topics. We've got a, a bunch laid out. 
But I thought maybe, just maybe you would want to play a little bit of a game with me oh, yeah, on man. air. Yeah, I like the games, especially the ones that are stacked against me, which seems to be most no, of them. No, no, this is not stacked. As always, there is no wrong answer, just wrong choices. This is a bit of a free association <laughs> game where it combines two of our favorite things, my friend, music and action figures. All right, so I'm going to give you an album and i want you to give me the action figure that you think embodies that album best all right so an example would be uh injustice for all or master puppets is like he-man because it's so hard-hitting and classic <laughs> is that so what injustice I, for all is <laughs> sure it is you don't think it's you don't think it's hard-hitting and classic uh, I think Master is. I think Injustice is a little undermixed, but that's okay. The songs are good, but it's let's say pu Puppets is hits you in the the gut. Oh, just, Justice is mixed just fine. No, it's what's the one where they're in the prison? That's the best one with the tin can snare. That's Saint Anger. <laughs> that's the garage too. Saint Anger would be any NECA figure. That would be Saint Anger. <laughs> Saint Anger is the the twenty five dollar yeah. Necker release of the day. Fair enough, yeah. fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, Justice is missing a, a few baselines that that seem to have disappeared somewhere. But yeah. I, I mean, I I in my notes here, I don't know why I said Justice in, in puppets, but I have the black album is like He Man. So are you ready? You ready to play this game now? You know where this yeah, is going? Yeah, I'll, I'll do to the best of my abilities. I've got I've got five albums that you have to associate an action figure with. Okay, so the first one is Nevermind. When you think of Nevermind, what are the qualities and what figure goes with that? Uh, Nevermind. Uh, timeless, iconic, uh, one of a kind. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, can we can we use like rocket firing Boba Fett? Would that be a good analogy? Sure. Like many, many times Nirvana has been, uh, you know, tried to be copied and duplicated. It's never happened. So uh, I would say, yeah, that's the prototype for Boba Fett would be a, a good figure for Nevermind. That album, you listen to it, it still sounds like it was made yesterday. It's just incredible. I'm going to go. I, I don't have any. I haven't thought about this in, in advance, and I was only going to just go with your answers. But uh, yeah, you go. Playing, you go too. Let's yeah. take a playing along. And into your irritation, I'm going to say something like Toxic Crusader. Those I figures. can see that. And if you look at Cactus Jamie, I kind of agree with what both of you guys are saying now, where it's like grunge. I get it. So Casey Jones. Grungy alternative, not yeah. for everybody, but classic yeah. in its own right. And I also think there's so much steeped in Nirvana that comes from things before it. Which of course, Toxic Crusader borrows a lot of different things and, and inspirations, but still sure. very much its own thing. So there you go. Let's let's move on. Sailing the Sea of Cheese by Primus. Primus. Nineteen ninety one. Uh, another ninety one. Um, because of course we don't listen to anything past nineteen ninety nine. So yeah, you're gonna see a few of those on this list, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, sailing this uh, uh, brilliant, silly. Again, like uh, the iconic, one of a kind. Um, uh, let's. Uh, I'm thinking like Popeye or like Superpowers Joker, kind of like because Les Claypool always has those elongated shots and his limbs yeah. are always long. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the 
with the Kenner Joker, the 84 superpower Joker on that one. Is that just because you released a video on that and you might be subliminally planting that into people? No, mind? no, it's it's because no, no, I'm, th- no, I'm thinking no. of the Tommy the Cat video when he's the bartender and his arms are really long and that you could tell that they're like puppet arms, but it just reminds me of the Joker for some reason. Uh, YouTube slash J Bartlett slash Joker. <laughs> I'm going to go with something very similar. I'm thinking Batman the Animated Series figures, the cartoon likeness, and the exaggerated anime anime and animation proportions that come out of that. I mean, that whole album reads like a Saturday morning cartoon. So there's something very animated and alive. Yeah, that's good. um, Perpetually youthful about it. So, yeah, I think we're definitely on the same page there. All right. Skipping into not another different year, Pearl Jam 10. What what do you think? 1991. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> oh, and, iconic, uh, classic, timeless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all these albums are like one of a kind, best thing ever. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. That Pearl too. Jam. I'm thinking Eddie Vedder, of course, was pops into my head. Yep, uh, he's in the band too. Yeah, he was on the album. Dare, like it. a dare. He's a daredevil. He's crazy. He's climbing the rafters. Oh man, this is a tough one. Um, I'll let you go first. You you go first on this one. Give me a second. Okay, for Pearl me, it's it, it, I instantly think of Mask. I don't know why because it's big, it's out there, it's memorable. Um, but you know, Pearl Jam has kind of shrunken in their in their appeal over the years because they don't want to push music videos and stuff like that. So that's a big album, and Mask is a big brand. But it's not out there and in your face like everything else. And I think it's an introspective album. And there's, I think, a lot of thought processing and interesting sci-fi intellectualism okay. in, in Mask. So that's where I see the connection. Emotional resonance, if you will. Yeah, so I, I would agree with you on that. And I'll go Cops because that's the same kind of thing where it's like everyone who loves Cops really loves Cops. But it's not for everybody kind of thing. Okay. And definitely, as Pearl Jam went on in their career, musically they changed. Obviously, they're not kids anymore, jumping around. So they're is, is there a know. specific figure? Because I, I guess I should. I'll just say, obviously, Matt Tracker and Thunderhawk. If I'm going to pick something on Mask, because we're trying to nail down a specific figure. A specific figure that reminds me of Pearl Jam. This is wacky, man. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Bad Vibes. No. <laughs> I guess, I guess Berserko, say we'll say Berserko because he was so crazy and Eddie was so crazy. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> during the 10 era. All right, all right. I'll, I'll give you an album that is not from 1991. And... Oh, I don't want to play that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, back to 1991, then uh, Bad Motor Figure from Soundgarden. No, just um, Psycho Circus 1998. Oh, okay. Uh, and I mean, not the McFarland figures that obviously came out, but like thinking of what that album represents emotionally and how it has impacted us. What are how, what figures or figure hits you the same way? Anything from the New Adventures of He Man, because <laughs> okay. like New Adventures of He Man, uh, I mean, you and I are such huge Kiss fans. We, it's fair to say, we loved Psycho Circus. For me, at least, I can't speak for both of us. It's not an album that I really ever have listened to since, you know, we were going to the bars and stuff like that. So I don't think it's aged very well. And I think like the new adventures of He-Man, we wanted to like it because it was the new thing from that 
thing we loved. Just like Saint Anger. Right. But kind of look, yeah. <laughs> but kind of looking back now, I mean, Psycho Circus is incredibly cheesy. There's some catchy tunes, but anything <laughs> visual from that is like the new Adventures of He Man. It's a great idea, but executed poorly. That I have been listening to, to Psycho Circus in unhealthy amount in the last three weeks. Uh, yeah. When we interviewed our, our friend Jeremy DeWitt, who does a lot of our iconic cartoon logo work for us, um, yeah. somehow it came up in the interview. And, was, and we've been joking like every time we talk back and forth on Facebook, he'll say something like almost profound. And I'll just say, welcome to the show. Because, of course, it's in the title track. And it, it's just become an ongoing yeah. joke. And there's some great, you know, like razor glasses is great, but you know, then there's all the controversy where it's like, you know, Peter was in the band, but Eric Singer was doing the drums because Pete couldn't do it. And it's so obvious when you, when you listen to it now. Oh yeah, of course it is. Yeah. 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 I would say something like Star Trek, Raphael or Michelangelo, whatever the Star Trek Ninja Turtle was. That's what Psycho Circus is for the same reasons that you're talking about. It's wrong and awful. But all dressed up in a way that should be appealing, but for some reason isn't. Not to me. Not it's just to me. like you, you you want this and you want to enjoy it because it's Ninja Turtles and it's Star Trek. But at the yeah. same time, it just feels like such a weird mishmash that you can appreciate it, but it's hard to absolutely love. You know, that's fair. Yeah, that's good. All right, the last uh, the last free association uh, music albums back in back and forth. Uh, Cactus Jamie is saying Psycho Circus Faker. Funny uh, is uh, the color and the shape. Jay, which figure embodies how you feel about the color and the shape by the Foo Fighters? Uh, well, I, if that was in your honor, that would be easy. Because color of the shape's not my favorite. Um, geez, I mean that's like a, a rebirth record. That's like a, a getting on with your life. I'm trying to think of a brand that's kind of like that. Like uh, maybe almost like oh, I don't know. I don't know. Chime in if you got something. I, yeah, I, I I was thinking so along the same lines that you're talking about here thematically. It's, you know, the follow-up album. It's more mature. Sonically, it's more refined and polished. It's it's harder hitting. Yeah. Uh, it stands apart. Uh, for me, right away, I was thinking either Flint or Lady J from Classified because it's like a Wave 2 figure. Yeah. They've worked out some of the kinks. You got the appeal of that new line, that rebirth, that second coming. The Dave Grohl from Nirvana to Foo Fighters, and then the second album, so an evolution after an evolution. Uh, so I feel like a very Flint GI Joe classified vibe because it's it's an iconic figure. Certainly better after it, but stands apart uh, from the early onset. I think. Uh, so Jamie, I would agree with you if that was the first Foo Fighters record, uh, being Phoenix rising from the ashes of Nirvana kind of thing. Uh, uh, that that album also cost, you know, that cost him Pat Smear. It cost him uh, a ton of stuff. It cost him William. It almost cost him the end of the band. Yeah, but they got Franz. <laughs> Come on, I want to say I want to say maybe like the the Power of the Force two stuff, the the rebirth kind of of Star sure. Wars. Okay. Um, how 
you know, when Nirvana ended, the you same thought time. that that was it, you know, for a whole era. And kind of like when, when Star Wars ended in 85, the, the, the Kenner toys, that was it. We never in our dreams thought we would ever get Star Wars toys. I never imagined I would ever see Star Wars toys on a shelf anywhere ever again. So yeah. it's kind of has the same kind of the same kind of feel, I guess. More more with the first food record, but yeah, that's what I'm going with. I don't think I'll ever have that feeling for a brand I'm truly attached to ever again. I think the last 20 years, that feeling of I'll never have this brand that I love so near and dear on the shelves uh, again is is this, gone. Yeah. Yeah, this this year and there's a bunch of things i can reference which we won't get into this is pretty much this is our show jay we can do whatever we want i'm just saying like i am pretty much done with nostalgia i think nostalgia is a drug that is so bad for us uh, and it's so blinding um and it's poisoned almost every single ip i can think of with the same exact formula so where was I going with this? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're but there that, now, brother. Yeah, I'm just I, I'm I'm done with the nostalgia crap, and I'm so sick of. Well, let's move on to I resolutions then. So, like going forward, yeah. you know, last year I believe our resolutions were on my part to open more and explore dioramas, and yours were, as always, focus, focus on the stuff that you truly want. I yeah. I give myself yeah. a five out of ten on opening more and looking at dioramas. What about yourself on focusing? How did you do for focus this past year? Pretty good, actually. I uh, are you kidding uh, me, Mike? I saw what you bought alone while we were, <laughs> we were shooting a week. Uh, Mike, I was just gonna say, yeah. I mean, think about it, man. We could get into that in a couple minutes too, because it's it's really something I've been thinking about a lot over the last uh, few months. Um, well, I mean, I completed Inhumanoids, which is great. Um, Brave Star is done, except for one character. Um, so I've done better than I have been. Clash of the Titans. And Clash of the Titans, I, I pretty much finished. Yes, I did finish. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've done a bit more. I cut myself off of NECA Turtles, even though I've seen Splinter. And that... that that one is hard to leave behind because it would really be perfect just to have you need you almost need splinter right he's the mentor but i can't do the 70 for it so yeah i think i've I've done better i've strayed of course during action figure adventure season two uh we saw some stuff that you you don't see right And, and you know we probably won't see it again maybe ever so yeah there's some pieces that i bought that were uh maybe unnecessary but so what do you give yourself out of 10 on on sticking to your resolutions from last year i would do a seven i've did a lot better than i thought whereas the last year before it is just like you're just going crazy going crazy okay. grabbing grabbing everything you know fair fair let's move on to resolutions going forward so uh, to pick up where you left off a minute ago and yeah. Mike Robertson yeah. chimed in saying he, he honestly never thought about nostalgia that way being a deadly disease, addictive properties. Uh, Cactus Jamie's chiming <sighs> in saying, you know, member berries, which of course is the big South Park reference from a couple seasons ago where they oh, call okay. out everything that corporate yeah. America and the world has done. Remember, Barry, remember how awesome this is? Remember, remember? And people literally eat the member berries to feel better. 
because it was a better time. And of course, and let me so tell you, man, <laughs> that's what this is. I'm going to, uh, there's minor spoilers here for Spider-Man. Okay. And it's not anything that people don't know about. Okay. Obviously we knew a year ago, there was rumors that Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield were going to be in it. Okay. Spoilers. If you don't want to know, don't listen. <laughs> what? Isn't it funny? how nostalgia works and here's my example with spider-man people shit on toby Maguire for so long and those three spider-man movies for so long and then on top of that andrew garfield comes along and just gets crucified yep now all three of them are together and now it's the best thing i've ever seen in my life that along with ghostbusters and the Force Awakens formula of this nostalgia bullshit, I'm fucking done with it. And I'm sorry to drop the F-bomb, but <laughs> I I now see things, you know, instead of instead of like wondering why Han Solo is in Force Awakens, how does he serve the story? You're so blinded by the fact that you're seeing Han Solo again. It's a shiny and object. That, Pay attention to it right. rather than think about it. And I finally broken that this year and I'm done with that stuff. So well, that's welcome my, to the other side, my friend. Uh, the downside of being on this side yeah. is you'll always have a peaked interest on what these things are, but you will no no, no longer be uh, foaming at the mouth to be their opening day at midnight yeah. kind of thing. You will see them when you see them. I haven't seen Ghostbusters. I haven't seen Spider-Man. I've never been like so anxious to see any of the Marvel superheroes probably because we read the books growing up that they draw so much influence on that they're not going to be brand new to oh, me anyways. Well, listen, listen you now know? you got this whole multi-universe bullshit. Which has too. always been the deal with comic books, though. Sure, of course, but it's also lazy writing. And I've always said that. It's like, well, oh, geez, well, we really screwed ourselves. Now we own the vi- rights to Venom. How are we going to do this where we, we tie him in? Multiverse. Uh, yeah, you know how are we gonna get Carnage in here? Multiverse. How are we gonna get Tobey Maguire and stuff? It's like the last Spider-Man wasn't uh, as critically acclaimed as the first one. Okay, so what are we gonna do? We'll bring back the other Spider-Man. Oh, that's a great idea. And then we'll bring yeah. back all the villains. Come on, man. It's just yeah. The the only well, I'm not. This gonna is say how anymore. you say multiverse. Anymore. I say corporate synergy. This is how we get all our assets under the same thing. I mean, that's un- right. Unravel I mean, the mess that license purchasing yeah. for 50 years has caused. Right. The only okay spoilers again, and I'm sure you know about Charlie Cox, but anyone who doesn't, you yeah. do now, and I don't care. It's been out for two weeks. Well, gee, the only good thing that. I can see that's come out of this. Well, one is Andrew Garfield because I loved him as Spider-Man. That's just me. And two, that Charlie Cox finally gets his fucking job back, man, because he was well, incredible not just as Daredevil. Well, not just him, right? I'm sure you've seen the spoilers oh, for Hawkeye. Yeah, of course. King, King yeah. King and uh, yeah, the, Vincent the, D'Onofrio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, here's something that I really want to point out that really hits it on the head for nostalgia bombs. Wrestling. Because when they try to bring a a character back from yesteryear that maybe you remember as a kid and you're still watching now, take on the newer guys that are in their prime. That's like the perfect visual example, like watching like Ric Flair try to take on, I don't know, Chris Jericho. There's a 15 year difference in athleticism there and it doesn't match up. 
no matter how good the storyline is, no matter how much you want to believe, like Hogan versus Rock is the perfect example for me. WrestleMania 2002, Toronto Skydome. That doesn't make sense on any level to me whatsoever. That is military fed to the masses. I don't buy it, but you want to believe it. I that I disagree. Disagree with that. In that, because I always looked at that match like the passing of the torch. Rock is younger, and obviously that torch was passed years before. To who though? Hogan passed it when he went to WCW and Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels were the next generation of WWF. Hogan and all the old legends of WWF basically rekindled WCW and then they had to go somewhere when Vince bought that. And you can't just bring them back in. It doesn't work that way. I don't mind that so much because it's, 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 it's a sport match i mean when you take all the drama away it's still just it's sports right i mean it's not sports entertainment people people get old people get frail but what i'm saying is like here's the new thing but here's the reason you're watching the old thing remember the old thing now you're excited for it because of the old thing and it's like no and and it's different than saying give me bret hart versus Shawn michaels because they're from the same era and i'll watch that because they're things from the past. But when you're trying to like disguise something old as something new and make it important because of it, when maybe you crapped on it, like your Spider-Man example, and everybody's like raving about the Spider-Man 3 Tobey Maguire dance. Like, oh, that's the coolest thing ever. When everybody universally shit on emo Peter Parker. Like, oh my. Hated that. And I'm not the biggest Sam Raimi fan. Um I love the first Evil Dead, and that's really about it. But I loved those movies. I loved the Spider-Man yeah. stuff. It was a little wacky, but at no point was I ever like, oh, the, you know, even three is, you know, it didn't hit the bar. Kind of like the third Batman didn't hit the bar, right? Uh, with uh, Bane or whatever. Um, but they were still good. And the Andrew Garfield stuff I liked. I didn't like what they did with Electro. I thought that was stupid. But yeah. I liked Andrew Garfield as is peter parker he was a more yeah uh he was more of an attitude it was more of a like a, a today's version of peter right where i found that toby mcguire was way more 60s peter right and those were great and then everyone was just trashing him and then tom holland came around and he was the best ever um he was the greatest and those other movies are garbage and now it's like all three of them were together and now i don't know man do you see what i mean it's just like it's, it's, now it's everyone is like gap, obsessed right? with it. Everybody that grew up with the McGuire films that probably saw them, they were probably born for the most part. Like if that's their first entrance to Spider-Man, probably born in like 1990, right? So when they're like 10 years old, which is like the perfect blockbuster age to see Spider-Man, like that's your guy. And so now if you're 10 years old, when you see that now you're 30 and maybe you have kids that you're bringing to the cinema to see the new Spider-Man and Tom Holland's theirs. And you grew up with this. It's the, it's the Batman James Bond thing all over again. We each grew up with the guy that we know connected to the suit. The problem comes yeah. when we start throwing stones at uh, the other guy. Like people want to throw stones at Roger Moore's way of being Bond and versus Sean Connery versus Timothy Dalton. Like we've talked about in the past, everybody's going to have a different take on the character, but the hate and then, yeah. and the aggression yeah. towards this stuff is the problem. On top of the waving of the nostalgia thing, oh, here's we could talk about thing. who our favorite Bond is, right? 
and you have yours and I have mine. Actually, I think we both like Timothy Dalton the best, right? No. No. Only one of us makes the right decision there, my friend. So Timothy Dalton here, and you're probably Roger Moore, whatever. The point is... <laughs> I the like point is, is that it, it's that, that that's fine, and we let it go at that. But yeah, when it's like people just attacking each other, it's 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 crazy. And but uh, to your point, if Roger Moore was still alive, you know, and No Time to Die comes out, the last Daniel Craig film this year, and and he was in it as like the main villain or another double O agent that he has to team up with and bring out a further retirement. I wouldn't be excited about that any more than I'm excited about these other Spider-Man or like Michael Keaton, Batman 89 in the flash movie coming out or friggin' Bill Murray phoning in his performance. The last five minutes of ghostbusters. I don't need to see that. There is no point to it. Stop it. Stop rooting everything. <laughs> you know, Just I feel how like about this, come up with something else that's new and cool and take a yeah. chance on it. We have these streaming platforms that are supposed to like decrease risk for everybody that's funding these films because the eyeballs are there. You know, if the eyeballs you know, are there, everybody's on this on these streaming platforms, then then make the 20 to 50 50 million dollar movie instead of either a 5 million dollar movie or a 200 million dollar movie. There's no in between anymore. Well, you know what with, I mean? Yes. Make something yeah, I do. Middle and take with, a with, new idea like when the matrix came out in 1999 that was a new idea and guess what people liked it not everything will work but take a chance on something good there's lots of ideas out there well the, the new one don't even talk about that that's another another thing man it's like I, I, and i won't wreck this because this is brand new but it's safe to say that everything you knew about the first three oh guess what now that doesn't matter anymore because there's now this thing I'm just, I'm done with it all, man. I'm done with them. Right I'm waiting coming. for Back to the Future to, to get it. I know it'll it's never, coming soon. It'll, no, it'll never happen. They, they, they refuse to do it. They refuse to do I it. Don't, that, I that don't need to see old Marty McFly handing over the keys and then them, you know, going to Doc's grave. And, you know, I don't need to see that the same way. I don't need to see Ghost Harold Ramis, like, ridiculous in a movie that was about cynicism and a comedy and they were just they were exterminators and bill murray was a con man and now it's like this iconic oh, i don't know man i could go on and on about this but well, that this is one the whole, really drives th me this is the difference between like the filmmaker's intent and a an original reception yeah. and understanding what it was when it comes out versus this mythos that has built what up over time yeah. and what people have inherited and bestowed yeah. upon it. Right? I also realized that Ghostbusters was a thing really fast. The cartoon came out really fast. So it wasn't just like the last 10 years it became this iconic thing. It has been for a long time. But I'm I still don't understand it. I still don't understand how Ghostbusters has become this giant thing or Back to the Future. Yeah, let me, let me, let me, Those let me franchises are great, but Indiana Jones crushes them all and even though they put out different movies they don't seem to be on the same footing nobody talks about indiana jones the way they want to revere ghostbusters that they really don't you're absolutely right and it's it's strange because the first ghostbusters was you know as everyone said lightning in a bottle you know the yeah. second one is basically the first one just done way worse and way cheesier uh and this new one is just i mean the 
the the first three quarters are okay, but it's now turned into kind of like this melodrama, dramatic thing where it, it's everything this thing we have to care about, you know, because we're so invested in it, and and we got to do it justice. This is it, and this is my last thing on Ghostbusters. I know you want to see it, and I really don't want to sour your, you know, opinion of it. It's like I said before; it's the granddaughter of Egon because they waited so long to make this sequel. They can't even have their kids anymore, and it's going to be their grandkids, right? It finds all these, all the equipment, the proton packs, and all this stuff, and now it's kids running around just doing a bunch of stupid shit. And it's the same villain from the first one. It's it's so insulting to Ghostbuster fans. The first one was witty because you had three, arguably four, brilliant comedians who were very good at improvisation. They would do eight or nine takes pretty much like every six, scene. Right? If but, you think about Bill it. Murray, yeah, sure. I'm just talking about the four Ghostbusters, right? Bill Murray would just do take after take. And something as trivial as the candy bar that he hands you, like you... You've earned it. You've like earned just it. one one thing he tried differently uh, in a take. They go out of their way to to that the granddaughter goes in the jumpsuit and finds the chunky wrapper. Like it's this big iconic imagery. Like, hey, remember that nostalgia? Remember that part of Again, the first one? Like and then we've everyone said gets with all eyed. Like oh, we've said dude. with Star Wars, the stuff that makes Star Wars great is the stuff that doesn't need explaining and further dissecting. You know. Your father served with me in the Clone Wars. Cool. Now I'm thinking about what the hell the Clone Wars it's are. Great. It's for great. decades. Yep. Putting those pieces in my imagination. I don't need to see them. I don't need to know how what metachlorians are as a scientific way of explaining where the force comes from. I don't yeah. need that. Give me the mysticism and romanticism. Let me have the moments that speak to me that aren't so profound that they're subtle subtext like it, you've earned it. There's a moment between characters there that isn't for the audience. It's it's just for them, you know, that yeah. says everything it needs to say for the audience, but needs to go forward. And this is important, folks, because we are talking about New Year's resolutions for figure collecting and everything. So, I mean, Happy New Year to everybody, of course. But this plays into everything that I want to do going forward for 2022. And that's namely uh, open even more figures, buy even less look into customs a lot more and invest into like unique one of a kind action figures that I think either whether they're part of existing lines, but never released or they're truly one off kind of more art driven pieces. And of course I want to reorganize my collection and, and reconfigure the display work with what I've got. And if I don't have something only acquire the, the coolest of the cool, you know, that's where I'm at for 2022. Have you given much thought to what you want to do in the year ahead, Jay? That's pretty much where I'm at, man. Honestly, I've, uh, yeah, just cutting back a lot on uh, spending, trimming down the collection, like I explained earlier with the Death Star here, getting rid of excess fat that I don't need and some stuff you look at and it's like, why did I ever get that? It's yeah. never going to display it, get rid of it, trade it in for, for something else. Yeah, just being a little bit smarter. Um like we've just talked about for half an hour, not falling for the nostalgia trap anymore. I'm done with that. Uh, and just, yeah, enjoying more of, of what we have because we both have a ton of stuff utilizing that more and enjoying it. And like you, I, every single Marvel legend I've opened, I've opened every one of them. They're all on my shelf now. Um, 
and that, that was a great feeling. I did that actually today. That was a lot of fun. And just nice. put all the Daredevil guys together, all the Spider-Man guys together. And it was just, yeah, it was great. Now, did you open all your uh, retro Spider-Man cartoon guys? No. No, no. no. So I saved all the boxes, which should be proud of me. I saved all the boxes for the Legends because I like how they go back in. And the art's pretty cool for each one. The Revelation stuff, though, He-Man stuff, I threw out all those boxes. I felt really good. Nice. Because I don't like the box art for those anyway. So it's a I weird got box. rid of all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I emptied out a lot of stuff in the basement for trades and also just got rid of a lot of garbage, just empty packages. F- feels good. I'm kind of curious. Is there anything that you're looking to collect or divert your collecting focus from figures, but still within the pop culture space? Are you looking at getting... Uh, back into vinyl a little bit more or movie posters or like merchandise related to some of your favorite brands? Um, I've been on kind of a guitar buying kick lately. I've noticed that you big guitar hero. Yeah, I got my, my dream guitars. So I'm pretty good that way. Um, I don't know, man. I always love buying music. Um, you know, records are great. I love you go to Michael's, which is a craft place we have here in, in Canada. I love buying the record frames. They're really cheap. Yeah. And uh, lately, like all over the house, you know, there's just, you know, buy my favorite record and just have that art on the wall. So, yeah, maybe some more vinyl, but um, less is more. So spending less on this kind of stuff and kind of just taking it easy kind of thing, I think. I know that's a boring answer, but. <laughs> no, no, that that's totally cool. I think I want to look and see what I've acquired from the past film projects I've done. Because there, I've got kind of one or two pieces for all the different films or series that I've done, but they're not necessarily all displayed. So like for Power yeah. of Grayskull, I have two posters that everybody signed that was part of it. They're framed, they're on the wall. We've got the NES from Nintendo Quest, of course. I We've got some stuff for action figure adventures, stuff that we've collected along the way that I've got. I just kind of want to make that a little bit of something. So probably, again, investing in the display side uh, of that stuff, not necessarily acquiring more crap for the shelf. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, a lot of these packages, I have a shelf. Well, we can't see it way, way in the back there that had a lot of two packs of Marvel legends, a lot of the two packs of the masters of the universe stuff. And it's just like, I, you know, there, I could put maybe two or three on one shelf. Yeah. I'm talking like 80, $80 shelves. I'm like, what am I doing? I can put like 20 or 30 figures on this shelf. So now, you know, and, you how know, retailer feels. Yeah. It's just like, I, I'm getting, I'm getting rid of this stuff. And I don't like like the black series where they, you know, display them sideways. I don't like to do that either. Yeah. Spine. So I'm like, I screw it. I'm just going to open them, man. Like, and it's enjoy it. I, I, you know, each figure is a case by case basis, but I really enjoy taking the figures out. It's a lot of fun. I think figures, if you don't touch them, you're missing a core, uh, sensory experience that you were designed to have with them. You know, these figures were now largely designed digitally and put out there, but they, the manufacturers and designers play with them. They touch them that they, what works and what doesn't work in their hands goes back into the design. It's not like a hands free, uh, closed off vacuum. It's important that you 
I think touch these so you feel the intent of the of the designer as well and get the full experience. There's always the rule of two when you need those other ones, though, of course. Uh, I before we wrap up the show and get to action figure spotlight, I mentioned Power of Grayskull. Of course, uh, a legend has passed in the Masters of the Universe community in the last week on Christmas Eve. It was announced, I believe, and that's uh, the passing of Mark Taylor who's one of the creators of He-Man. It was Mark's vision for this uh, barbarian, this ruthless warrior uh, of, of, you know, a kind of might makes right. You know, you don't mess with He-Man. Uh, and he is the, the hero in whatever form you need him to be, whether it's a, a barbarian like Conan, whether it's a knight like uh, Sir Lancelot, or whatever form he takes, he's the one that comes in to vanquish your greatest fears, Though those beings that inhabit and reflect death uh, in your dreams at night, the skeletors that we all have in our closet that come and haunt us, it, it's it, only He-Man can truly defeat them. Uh, Mark was obviously so instrumental to, to that brand, not not alone in the voice of creating what became Masters of the Universe, of course, but I, I firmly believe it is is his core vision that led to He-Man becoming what it was and everything else was a layer on top of what he started as the seed. And he passed away due to health conditions related to his heart. Uh, and it's just wild. I mean, nobody lives forever as you and I both well know, my friend. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. He's uh he was a, you know, I never met him. You you got the pleasure of meeting him, and I'm honored that he's in our series forever. I think that's, uh, you know, I remember when you told me you you interviewed him at PowerCon for the show. I was like, oh, my God, that's so great that we have him uh, in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it was uh, the toys that made us when he talks about uh, the fun house and uh, where Skeletor came from, and it was actually a, a real dead body they used i believe it was mark taylor that tells that story yep uh that's where skeletor came from <laughs> and that that's a haunting story to to me and and uh i think his vision of he-man was a lot grittier uh it was a lot more of what i liked what drew me to he-man which was obviously you know conan the barbarian style uh that's the he-man i fell in love with but uh, yeah, he's going to be missed, man. He's a he's a he's a legend. He's a legend. I think his magic in those seeds of He Man are going to ripple for a long time. So he's yeah. you know he won't be forgotten. He also did seminal work on the turtles. He left Mattel when He Man yep. started getting into like out there characters, and they started jumping the shark a bit with some of their releases. So he jumped over to turtles, and you can see that same bulky the bulkiness of the He Man figure in those. TMNT figures in the early run and uh, that playability that came with them and the, that same kind of comic pose that He-Man has, the Turtles have too, right? So you can see It's the almost the same. I'm looking at the four yeah. originals right now and uh, it's almost the same. They're almost, you know, they're yeah. almost like that. They are like that actually, in fact. So <laughs> Isn't that wild? Tell, yeah, it's great. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. And of course, growing a wonder, up, wonderful we don't artist, know that. Man. Growing up, we don't know that, but it, it feels no. right. It was a good, it was an easy transition. And he talked about both brands and Action Figure Adventure and the Jay and Rob Toy Show uh, on top of Power of Grayskull. It's funny you mentioned that Funhouse story because that's what we were going to open Power of Grayskull with as well. And I said, no, we can't open with that. 
because we knew that the toys that made us were filming yeah. a He-Man episode at the same time. I said, those guys are going to do that. Brian uh, Volkweiss from Nassai. I said, I guarantee that that's what they do because it's that strong. So we need to open up with something even stronger that isn't defined to one kind of encompassing story. Um, it's interesting that you picked that out. But yeah, it was we, we were down the same rabbit hole on that one because it is so visceral. Yeah, I, I mean, and you know, on that note, I, I will add to it. We also lost someone else. And although you and I aren't sports guys, uh, John Madden was one of the, if not the biggest sports video game of all time. and uh, Easily the biggest. Easily. Yeah. And I remember, you know, Tri- Trip Hawkins, you know, when he was running EA, creating this football game. And putting John Madden, it was it was the first, I believe, <laughs> licensed sports personality on a second. video game. Second, second, yeah, second. They did. Uh, I think it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Larry Bird. Oh yeah, on but the, no, nothing on the like disc. nothing like Madden as far as popularity. No. Where uh, Madden graced the cover for almost you know over a decade before you know. He's just getting too old to be on the cover, so they replaced him with you know stars and stuff like that. But uh, that hit me too. You know, it's like wow. You know, he's a huge part of video game history, and I know <laughs> he's what? a football guy. I know that, but for me, it'll always be like Madden. Madden football, man, is it's, synonymous it's with gaming. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that and Trip because of course I got to meet Trip for filming video game box art, and so we're yeah, talking. You about mentioned all- that. You always mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. I got to be in his house too, Jay. He invited me into his personal home and showed me all his sealed copies of Genesis games and 3DO games. And while well, I digress. Uh, it's, all about the, it's all about the 3DO. It's all about yeah, the 3DO. I, I, I digress, Jay. But we were talking about all these illustrative covers and iconic artwork that stands out. And I turned to him and said, so why did you put John Madden on the cover of a game then? And he said, because John has a personality as, as bigger than any yeah. art that we could have conjured to, to match you know, and the, obviously, the game, as Madden got older, he tapered down commentary-wise. Not yeah. much, but when he was he no went for twenty coach, years. He went for twenty years. Yeah, when for, he was no longer a coach, yeah. like when he was a commentator, he was just crazy, like out there. Like there's few commentators like that, like John Madden. And yeah, uh, yeah. second second most winning coach in NFL history. Uh, retired early, uh, I think, in his early forties. Became a coach at thirty two. Won a Super Bowl with yeah. the Raiders in 77 and then in uh, 88, 89 started his color commentary, retired in 2009. So that's the sports fan coming out, folks. Uh, let's get to Action Figure Spotlight before we wrap up the show. You want to talk more about your Palatoy uh, Death Star that you got on display there? Yeah, so here she is. This guy is uh, the Palatoy Death Star. Palatoy is uh, a UK-based company. Uh, this is a cardstock uh, playset. What that means is it's cardstock. It's it's heavy cardboard. There's only a few plastic pieces. Mine is actually missing uh, two parts. So on the top here, I'm missing the two turret guns and the canopy that covers it. The two turret guns are actually just X-Wing fighter guns from the original Kenner X-Wing. So those aren't too difficult to replace. I think I probably have a ton of extra around uh, the house here. Canopy is a different story, but this thing is in relatively good shape uh, considering how old it is and how absolutely fragile it is. This is 
an absolute holy grail in the toy collecting community and of course in the star wars community and uh it's finally home and like i said earlier in the show it smells like old comic books and it's just you can't uh you can't buy that man it's just it's it's, it's amazing that is my action figure spot and of course i have luke han and chewy and i don't have a new hope leia with the cape otherwise she would be there too but uh, there you go the palatoy death star i love that it's uh infinitely more fun than the vertical slice that we got in north america with like the the three chambers it's cool for the trash compactor part probably the most but like the command deck at top eh, not so good well the little swinging part not so awesome but this part this playset is way better because you've got all the different rooms blow me up a bit here all right i'll blow you up here you go yeah so right here you can't see this is the trash compactor and this actually moves Oh, so you, can, nice. you can close it in like that. That's cool. Uh, and the doors, uh, there's some movable stuff. Like there is a plastic garbage chute, which actually the Kenner one didn't have. So this is an actual chute that your character will fall down and, and land inside the garbage compactor. And uh, you and I are such big fans of cardboard play sets. And this one, obviously, it has the shape of the Death Star. It yeah. even has like the little trench run thing. So if you lift that up, you can actually pretend you're dropping the photon torpedoes down the shaft. Uh, and there's just a lot more to it. I really like uh, the hallway. Yeah. That's such a small detail, but I like the hallway there from your figures to the next compartment. I feel like you can really yeah. have a battle and a chase through that whole circular display. That's that's awesome. Um, what yeah, I wanted yeah. to show what I wanted to showcase is actually a newer toy. And it's a line that I know you're not a fan of, and I was very skeptical at first, but it's a line that I've really found some love with, and that's the the RED Transformers, and I have Soundwave here. I've got a Prime, a Coronation Starscream, a Megatron, and Soundwave, and I think this is a Hasbro Pulse exclusive, and I'm really blown away by this. I know everybody's like, well, I don't want the RED figures or even the Super 7 figures because they don't transform. And a transformer has to transform. And if it doesn't, you know, it's it's useless to me. But for me, it's about the characters first and foremost. And the cartoon is my draw to transformers. So in my uh, declaration of opening things up more, I don't have any scissors handy, but there's a better look at Soundwave there. It just looks really great. You know, it's 20 bucks. I don't want to spend the 30 plus on uh, the Kingdom and War for Cybertron figures. This feels a little bit more cartoon accurate for me, which is what I like. The price point is great. The figures feel nice and they display incredible. And they come with a ton of accessories. So Soundwave, for example, has all these accessories as shown here on the side as well. Multiple hands. He comes with a tape, of course. He comes with cannon as well. Prime and Megatron come with a lot of accessories as well. Coronation Starscream comes with the cape and the crown. Great figures. I won't get a ton of them. I'll just pick and choose what I want, but I was really happy to find a, a Soundwave. Uh, and for the Transformers stuff that I like, RED does it for me. I know a lot of people are skeptical, and they will, but when most of these things just sit on our shelves, it's going to be a robot mode to me all the time with Transformers anyways. So why not do this? Uh, Akira son, this group is for everybody, so it's not just vintage, it's 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 everything vintage, uh, those are current pop culture, music, yeah, hanging out. Those good are times. really great figures. Um, and uh, it's really weird, you know, you and I love the lore of Transformers, uh, 
primarily the G1 stuff. But we both, I think, can agree that we're not huge fans of the G1 toys. I really don't have no. a lot. It, it, I have a, you know, a couple. That's it. I don't like... I understand they were bought from Takara from Japan and they were Diaclones and all that stuff. But I, that's what I don't like about it. I don't like how they're all different sizes and, and, and they look like they all come from different series, which they do. Um, yeah. Obviously, the staples are great. Prime Megatron, the Jets are awesome, Soundwave. But I like I prefer the, the the modern transformers like the 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 Red you have there the War for Cybertron stuff hundred so percent that's a cool figure hundred percent yeah I was surprised by it. I was skeptical but again once I got it in my hand the price point got me there it was an easy decision to make so that's where I am that'll do it for another episode of the Jay and Rob Toy Show the last of twenty twenty one we will definitely be back in twenty twenty two as we carry on of course um, sharing the same night with our jinxy sports tv episodes which you can check out also on vimeo if you're outside of canada just go vimeo on demand slash the jane rob toy show or just search in vimeo you will find it you'll get all 20 episodes for an awesome incredible deal and you get more of us as well jay where can people find you if they want to see more of your content like that not so subtly alluded to joker video <laughs> uh, uh youtube definitely just search jay bartlett i have the top 10 of the year coming out new year's eve and of course my uh Palatoid Death Star uh, construction from where, where I bought it to building it. That's a lot of fun to do in my review on that. YouTube, and I'm catching up on The Exorcist. Only a couple hundred separate us now. So I think by the new year, I'm going to surpass him. That's my goal. I love it. I love it. You can catch me on Twitter at Rob McZob, on Instagram at Rob McCallum Films, at the Jane Rob Toy Show, and at Action Figure Adventure. We are still finalizing details, of course, for the Action Figure Adventure auction. You will get a much better look at all those pieces in the near future once we cement all those details. Everybody be safe this holiday season. Try to try to use your minds. Uh, protect yourself. Be considerate of other people during this time of year. Lots of travel, lots of stuff going on. Um, just maybe just breathe a little and save all those have-to-get-together moments for a time when you actually want to get together without the stress and the pressure. I will see you guys later. Jay, any final words? Uh, it's been a wonderful year, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks, Willie, for showing up at the end. You son of a bitch! Um, thanks for supporting us as always, both on Jinxy Sports and uh, Amazon Prime and everything else we're on. I'm incredibly humbled that uh, that it's it's going this way. It's been a lot of fun to make these shows. Thanks for tuning in every Wednesday for the live version of our podcast here as well. And uh, that's it, guys. Keep on collecting. For the love of toys and the warmth of scars, everybody, take care of yourselves. And each other. Because Playtime J is the what? It's the best time, buddy. See you guys in 2022. Cheers.